With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, Tanyo's up with the attack as well. It's Berbatov who's off the mark. And it could not have been simpler. Seven minutes gone. Dimitar Berbatov scores his first but they can relieve it with Berbatov. Oh, that's well played by Berbatov. Round the goalkeeper and in. And that's a fantastic yeah. finish. Oh, Lennon made a run. It's a beautiful run. Oh, and Berbatov. Well, no elation from Dimitar Berbatov, but it had to be him against his former club. Berbatov. Spurs in the mood here. Berbatov away from Jackson. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. What a stunner. Berbatov with an absolute rocket! Will be for Berbatov! Oh, that's absolutely magnificent! Lennon into Berbatov, real chance for Tottenham, they've taken the lead! Dimitar Berbatov's fourth goal in five games! Tottenham looking for a fifth. Berbatov trying to go all the way, might steal! It is five! He's got his second! And Spurs are running riot. Awful clearance by the keeper. Berbatov! Back with power to add. All in end of Berbatov! First block to Spurs! Robbie Keane in the middle. So is Berbatov! He didn't need asking twice, did he? Berbatov concentrates hard. There's no question he's got the ability to do what Tevez did in the first half. Free kick. Here's Berbatov. He's away from Stefanovic. He scores. And Spurs are looking good here at Craven Cottage today. As Keane finds Berbatov. Oh, what a finish by Dimitar Berbatov. That is absolute quality. Is this the moment for Tottenham Hotspur? 1 1. 60 
59 minutes on the clock. It didn't look like coming in through. It certainly was a penalty. And Berbatov was the coolest man in North London. Peter checked to move. Once he moved, just rolled it in the opposite corner. Not a problem for Sophia. Wilson and Berbatov! What a brilliantly placed header by the boss. Austin again. Berbatov again! Oh, can you believe it? What is going on in that West Ham defence? Dimitar Berbatov has made a wonderful start here with two cracking heads. Plenty more white shirts getting in there. It was over the head of Benish. Berbatov! That's it! Tottenham are back level. Dimitar Berbatov, so often the hero in Europe, has struck gold again. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Of course, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Audio Boom, we're on Spotify and we are live on YouTube for this very special show. We are celebrating The Last Word on Spurs' birthday and we've got a Tottenham Hotspur legend joining us on this special show. Captain Bulgaria, between 2006 to 2010, the country's all-time leading goalscorer, regarded as one of the country's greatest Bulgarian players of all time, between the period of 2006 to 2008, he played for the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. 90 appearances, 46 goals, League Cup winner in 2008, Player of the Season and also the PFA Premier League Team of the Year. We're delighted to welcome Dimitar Berbatov to the last word on Spurs. Dimitar, how are you? Well, I'm good after that introduction. I'm pretty good. There's a lot to get through with you, believe me. We haven't had that privilege of doing that with a lot of guests on our show. So thank you very much for coming on. We've got a lot to get through, so I'm going to hand over to Lee McQueen to start this very special show. Brilliant stuff, Dimitar. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. We cannot thank you enough. But what we really want to start off with is, what was, what was it like growing up in Pirin and the effect football had on you? What kind of really defined you as a footballer, Dimitar? Well, I was probably lucky that my father used to be a football player. And when your dad is a football player, and me and my brother, it was easy to choose our path in life. And back then, there was nothing to do actually uh, after school. There was no phones, no computers, no PlayStation, not not things like this. So you go out there and you try to play with your with your friends in your in your in your block apartment where you live. And it so happened that we play all the day football, and that was our passion. And you know, it was it was just easy to follow my dad's footsteps. Well, it was not easy, but it was easy to choose what we can do. Uh, and as I said back then, we have a, a lot of garage where, uh, on, our, on our block and because we didn't have goals, we practice on the garage, kicking the doors, uh, kicking the, the ball into the garage and just bounce back and you control it. You know, you need to improvise uh, and to know how to get better. Then people start chasing after us to beat, to beat us because this is their garage, you know what I mean? And it's, it was not, a, it was a funny thing to, to watch. But simple life, simple things, and probably because of this, you know, in my in my experience, in my life, it's these simple and small things that help me develop develop some of my habits of uh, controlling the ball, for example. You know, mm -hmm. this is small habits that start to develop from early age, and from that from then on, it was you know playing football, and that's it. In 2001, you completed a move from CSK Sofia uh, to um, Bayer Leverkusen. How did you find that step up moving from that club to the Bundesliga? Did you feel as though that was a, a quite big step to make in the, at that stage of your career? Well, it was because, uh, as, I, as, I, as I said many times before, I was 19 
or something like that. And I was didn't actually looking for for to change my environment and, and to change my surroundings and my team. I was focusing on my team in Bulgaria, but sometimes life, you know, uh, give you unexpected things. Come say hi. Hi. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and uh, even if you're not prepared, even if you're not prepared, even if you're not prepared, uh, you need to take the chance and risk and go out, out outside of your country. And this is what happened with me. I was a small boy, young boy, uh, go to Germany. I didn't know the language. I didn't know anyone there. I was going by myself. Uh, and it was hard uh, purely because I was very shy. I was very uh, not letting anyone easy into my comfort zone, into my inner circle. And uh, that was my problem. Probably one of the things I would change if I can go back is to be more open when I go to a new environment, a new, new people, new teammates, anything like this. And in Germany, I was lucky though to go to a team where everybody was so friendly and so helpful and so passionate with me uh, because I spent five years there. And honestly, I became a man there uh, and, and a football player as well, developing greatly. And this was one of the best decisions in my life, honestly. It was hard to leave my country, but it was necessary. And, you know, it was the best decision. Dimitar, lovely to talk to you tonight. Um, what did you know about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club before you joined? Uh, and what made you join uh, Spurs? Well, I said it before, and I said it not in, in disrespectful way. Uh, I said it that I was in Leverkusen and I was coming to my fifth year in the team. I was start, I was playing, I was scoring all the team was starting with me. And I was envisioning myself staying there for the, all my life in Leverkusen. You know, I was envisioning me doing what Maradona had done for Napoli and I doing this for Leverkusen, you know, staying, trying to help them to win something. Uh, and I didn't, in that moment, my eyes were not open for other, for other leagues. You know what I mean? It was just Bundesliga. Bayer Leverkusen, me, and that was it. But then, obviously, when you grow up, probably in every person's uh, life comes a moment when something happens and then you open your eyes to uh, new worlds, new leagues, new teams and stuff like this. And this is this exactly what happened with me as I was scoring goals and then all of a sudden start hearing rumors, this team wants you, that team wants you. And all of a sudden you start thinking, oh, wait a minute, I must doing something good because other things are starting to follow me and wanting to sign me. And now my appetite grows and grows, you know, and I want to do even better. And then you start thinking about other leagues and now you start to watch other leagues, other football teams. Now you start to uh, discovering there's Premier League, you know, and start to following the teams. And then when you hear Tottenham Hotspurs and I was like, okay, that's interesting, that's interesting. But because I was playing so much football with Leverkusen and scoring so many goals, and I was thinking that I know everything, like every young player, you know, when he's young, he thinks he knows everything. And I was telling to my agent, uh, listen, you know, I, I'm the starter for Leverkusen. <laughs> you know, I score so many goals. I need to go to Barcelona. I need to go to Milan. You know, this is the team for me, you know. What is going on here? Uh, stupid things like this. Uh, and then uh, he will start to explain to me, and I see that the coach was Martinho, you know, Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, 
Michael Carrick was there, Ledley King, and I start follow them and start to care to see what they are doing on the pitch. And actually, the thing that won me the most was the Spurs was really after me. You know, Damian Kamali come to see me. Mart I spoke with Daniel Levy, with Martin Yo, and this for football player is really important to want to feel that he is wanted. And especially for strikers, we are a bit different. We want, we want to feel special. You know, we want to feel something else. And, you know, at, at that moment, when I spoke with Martin Yo, he was like something like this. Berba, yo, I like you. <laughs> and then I melted in my chair and I was like, all right, all right I'll be there. <laughs> That's it, pretty, pretty much. That's 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 the that's how it started. Our our with with Martin at with Spurs as well. And it was again great decision to move to Germany with Leverkusen because Germans are strict, discipline, discipline. Everything was perfect. And then another best decision in my life was joining Spurs and go to Perfect. Yeah. You arrived Sorry. into the squad with the likes of Zakora, Malbronk, Chimbonda, Benoit, Asuakoto, and you joined the likes, as you mentioned, Robinson, Dawson, King, Defoe, Keane, Huddleston, Genus, Lennon. What were your first impressions of joining Spurs? And did you believe at the time you were joining a top club that could genuinely challenge for top four and for trophies? Yeah, that was that was one of the uh, of the things that when we spoke with Daniel Levy and with Martin Yo, and they were telling me how they're preparing the club, to, to, and they wanted to qualify for the Champions League uh, with good players, ambitious club to bring the glory days. Sorry, back to the back to the lane. Uh, all the things that you want to hear. Uh, but for me, the most important was that Martinho want me, and it means a lot to me that the coach want me. I will go there and I will be playing. Uh, first impression of the boys were great. As I said again, me a bit shy. Everybody else a bit more open. And I was, again, needed a bit more time uh, to open up outside of the pitch, uh, you know, uh, meaning like socializing and talking uh, more. Uh, but, you know, training grounds, uh, when we're training, everybody, everything was, it was, it was perfect. Uh, but everything was new to me, you know, the way of training, the way of how do you prepare for training, how do you train, how many times you train. Uh, everything was new to me, interesting, new, challenging, because the environment was different now. But I knew, uh, I knew deep down in myself that it was the, the, the step into the right direction for my, for my path, for my personal path. And of course, in the beginning, in the preseason, a lot of running as well. <laughs> you know, I was like, what the fuck? Can, you, can we swear on your podcast? You can swear. <laughs> and I was thinking, what the fuck is going on here? You know, uh, running like crazy. <laughs> on that pre-season, we had a very strong pre-season. Did it come as a surprise when it was a difficult start to the actual season? We only won one of our opening six games and we only actually, we didn't score in five of them. Did you fear the worst and maybe if you'd made a bad decision joining Tottenham? No, no, I was, I was... Actually, I don't even remember what you said. Was that right? What you said? Was that how bad of a start we had? Yeah, we yeah. had a very disappointing start. The preseason was was excellent, but uh, our actual league form was very disappointing to begin with. Oh, so long ago. How do you remember? That? I mean, my, my memory must be slipping up, you know. <laughs> but uh, I I didn't think that it was the wrong decision purely because I always 
uh, lean onto my intuition and when it comes down to football all my life in all my choices in football wise I always lean into my intuition always uh, and uh, I must say probably 95% of the time I was right following my intuition uh, and in this case it was the same didn't think about yeah, we are starting bad or stuff like this I was actually enjoying it in a way that it was everything was new to me a new challenge a bit out of my comfort zone uh, of course I get angry as every football player probably if you care about football that I was getting angry after a game if I didn't score if you play bad you know stuff like this that are normal but overall I knew that I was at the, at the right place uh, I just I just felt it I just felt I don't know why I just felt it uh, you have moments like this where you don't even know how to express it but I knew that everything was gonna uh, come into place. And sometimes in football, actually, the irony is you gonna give, you have a great preseason, great preseason, and then you start the season shit, you know, and the other way around sometimes. Uh, but as I said, I knew that it was the right decision for me, and I was I was calm. Not after games when we lose, because after game when we lose, everything was black for me. I don't want people to talk to me. I don't want my girlfriend to speak with me. I don't want my friends to talk with me. You know, after after we we lost the game, I was like into my own bubble and thinking about what did I do wrong, uh, what can I do better next time, why did we lose, you know, stuff like this. I was analyzing the game so much in my head that sometimes my head was gonna explode. But this is how I was. And can you describe your partnership with, with Robbie Keane and what were the kind of differences between playing with Robbie and, and playing alongside Jermaine? Oh, Kino, you know, <laughs> that Brahmas, I mean, that was something special. How can you explain something like this? How can you explain something Was he like your this? best partner, best, best striking partner at all the clubs? I... I cannot say the uh, the best. I cannot say this player was the best or this one was the best because, in a way, it's, it's going to be disrespectful for my other partners. Because, for example, in Leverkusen, I used to play. Probably you don't even know the guy. I play with the boy with by the name of Franz, a Brazilian, a Brazilian, you know. And let me tell you something. We didn't say one word to each other outside of the pitch. One word. Because he didn't speak uh, German, uh, I, uh, he didn't speak English, he speak Portuguese, I don't speak Portuguese, you know, and outside of the pitch, none, like mute. Yeah, amazing. You know, but on the pitch, I'm telling you, it's like we slept together, honestly. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect in Leverkusen with him. And then with, with, on, on, in Spurs, with Robbie King, again, maybe took it a bit further on the next step. Now I can communicate with my partner. But actually, uh, the thing that probably works best is because he straight away knew how I was, how I was as a human being, as a, as a person, a bit more private, a bit more shy, not opening so easily. And he respected that. And he didn't invade my space uh, like he was like, OK, but you, know, you are who you are. No problem like this. And when I see something like this, I can give you back the respect you deserve and I'll be more open to you. I will, I will force myself to be open with you. And this is what happened. And on the pitch, I mean, I don't know, you have moments like this where it just click. It just click. I just knew where he was. He knew where I was. I will give him the ball if I was in better, if, if he was in better position and vice versa. There was no selfishness. You know, there was no, there was a competition, of course. 
And on the base of this competition, both of us, I think, we both became better players in the process. We scored so many goals and we enjoyed so much. I mean, so much we enjoyed. It was crazy in trainings. And Kino was the real captain, you know, always socializing with the new players, with the team. Are you good? Are you okay? You feel good? Organizing stuff outside of the pitch, you know. Berba, come on, mate, come on, you know, let's you both, like this. you both look like you still play. You both look like you still play. You will come back to Spurs. Yeah. We wish, we <laughs> wish, but you know, our time has passed. But as long as we did have our time, everything was it was it was perfect. I mean, that was great moments, honestly. Beautiful. Dimitar, one of the standout games was the game at Upton Park. We were three two down. We won the game four three. Paul Stalteri got a stoppage time winner for Spurs, but you scored a wonderful free kick to make it three three. Talk us through that. I don't remember exactly uh, if that was my first crazy game in England because after the game I was sitting in a dressing room and thinking, what the fuck, man? Four, <laughs> you know, like up, up and down the, I mean, up and down the pitch, you know, running, fighting, scoring goals, missing goals, chances, and I'm like, you know, this is this is how it is here, uh, and of course what? it's better when you win the game, not when you lose it. When you lose it, it's not so good of a feeling. But in that game, when it was 3-2, and I remember uh, that free kick, and I'm not, I'm not free kick specialist. I never, I never been a free kick specialist. I, I probably have two or three free, free, free kicks in my life. Uh, and but in that case, I felt confident. I don't know why. I felt really confident. And when I was putting the ball down, and this is happening in a period of 10, 15 seconds, 20 seconds max in my head. I remember how Ronaldinho scored the same position, a goal against Germany, and he just flicked the ball over the wall, no power, nothing, just accuracy. And this, I don't know why, it popped into my head. And I'm like, okay, let's try this, you know, I don't know what happened. And Timo Tainio came to me, <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know why I remember this stuff. And he said, Berba, I made a mistake for the goal that Bobby Zamora scored to make it 3-2. It was free kick or something like this. And he was marking him. I don't know why Timo Tanya was marking Bobby Zamora. I mean, he was like this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and But he said, I made a mistake. Please, please score it for me. Uh, and I'm like, he didn't say anything. Uh, but that image of Ronaldinho just popping the ball over the wall. Slight, no pressure, nothing. Just accuracy. And this is what exactly what I've done. I just put it over the wall with you know no power, just trying to hit the, the, the top corner of the net. And because I knew uh, the goalkeeper, uh, who was on the goalkeeper? Robert Green. Oh, Robert Green. Robert Green. Green. Yeah. Green. I can see him going like this because he, he cannot see the, the ball. So many players on the box. So actually he cannot see the ball. So I knew that the moment I put it over the wall, you know, he had no chance to catch it anyway. Uh, and that was what I did. I was probably a bit lucky because I never was, a, as I said, free kick specialist, but I felt confident and 3-3. And then after that, the biggest shock of the night when Postal Terry scored for 4-3. And I'm like thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on? Paul, what are you doing there? I should be there. You know, I should be there, not you. <laughs> you know, but we were we were so happy after the game. It was unbelievable. Oh, there were 
really, really strong cup runs during that season. And although ultimate failure, we lost a Seville 4-3 in the Europa quarterfinal. We threw away a 3-1 lead away at Chelsea, only then to lose the quarterfinal replay at home. And of course, then we also threw away a 2-0 lead in the League Cup semi-final against Arsenal. 3-1 in extra time. Which of those cup defeats, if you can kind of remember back now, what one hurt the most? Because we went so far in those cups, but ended up with such disappointment. Can you cast your mind back? What one hurt the most? I think the Seville. I think that uh, the Seville game, uh, it was the, the worst penalty in the history of football the referee gave again, against us. There was no penalty. I still remember that, that incident clearly because we are so angry after the game in the dressing room. We are so angry, disappointed. Uh, there was no penalty and we played so good of a football. Uh, me and Kino, I think we took the lead. I give it to Kino, he scored. Uh, early on in the game, you know, again, we were enjoying, but that decision ruined the night for, for us. It was, I still remember that. I still remember that, you know, it was, it was this, this, disgraceful, you know, and make me angry even if I speak now because we, we actually, uh, not knew, but we felt that we can do something in, yeah. in that competition, you know. Uh, and the other two you mentioned, it was, again, hurtful, but in my opinion, that... You have a competition against Seville. That was our moment to shine, and that referee just fucked us. Totally, story of Spurs, isn't it? You know, when you look back in history, and you look back even most recent history, we've had similar moments. Um, that summer, actually, um, a young Gareth Bale joined us. What were your first impressions of uh, Mr. Bale? Um, could you see what he could go on to achieve? Was he performing kind of in training? You could see, obviously, he's very, very young during that period, but. I mean, what he went on to achieve at Tottenham and, and then on beyond is just is just unbelievable. Did did you see that in him, Tim at all? No, I'm not going to lie. I've never been the person who say, yes, I knew back then he was going to be a superstar, one of the best in the world. No, because I was concentrated on my own development. You know, I was concentrated on me, bringing my best game to the team so I can help my team with my goals, with my system, with the way I play. And Garrett was very young, of course. Uh, but obviously then I left and uh, as, as I left, hope, uh, not hopefully, but probably with pure concentration, determination, training and performances, he went to become one of the best in the world, you know. Uh, and this is, uh, comes to show you that, you know, talent can come from everywhere and Spurs have always have an eye for, for, for talent. And now that he is back in familiar environment, uh, hopefully he can bring that uh, how do you say that? Uh, that sprints, that passing the defender, the goals, everything that he he is known for. Because I'm uh, I'm happy that he's not gonna sit on the bench any anymore uh, and wasting the talent that uh, he have. And now he can be, you know, just injury free. Hopefully that'll be the case, injury free. And then I think that that everything else will be okay for him. Fantastic. We had we had another poor start to that season. We won just once in our opening thirteen games. You got controversially left out at Newcastle and there was uh, rumours of a conflict with Martin Yo on the sidelines. And then, of course, we had that, the night against Getafe where we learnt, you know, where the crowd learnt at half-time, Martin would go, why do you think that, that it did go so badly wrong at the start of the season? Or what do you remember of that Getafe night? I, I remember the bad season start. Yes, this one I remember because ultimately, ultimately led to the Martin Yo being sacked. And that was really sad day personally for me because uh, he, he was like a father to me. He still is. We keep in touch. Uh, of course, 
as a father sons have their bust ups. Of course, I have mine with him. It's it's normal, but respect and the love is was there and is still is and forever will be there uh, from my side and for his. I'm sure. Uh, and but that poor start of the season, that was I don't know unexpected probably. And in the end, in in football, sometimes it can be cruel game. And in the end, you cannot fire twenty players. You fire the manager. You know, mm. it's it's normal. And it was a sad day, and fuck, I almost cried in the end when he get uh, he left. Uh, and it can be even cruel, exactly what you mentioned, to know at halftime that you can be sacked. That is even worse, you know. That is, uh, you can say disrespectful in a way, but you you try to understand it because it's football, and sometimes things like this happen in football. Uh, the game was, I don't know, I think it was. We should have done better at that game as well, for sure. I mean, the whole, the whole first, the first game, the first start of the season, we should have done better just uh, for us and for and, and for him. I think everybody loved Martino in a way that I don't know. He was he just likable. This is what I think. This is my opinion. And yeah. he was we really thought, passionate about the team and always telling, always telling us like, uh, Berba, you know, we want to bring the glory days back to Spurs, you know, stuff like this. And <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, yeah I mean, we felt, uh, that, we, we felt that as fans, uh, Dimitar, you know, like with, with Martin Yar, we just felt like that, you know, we, we loved him as fans as well. So, you know, you can, you can see that in for sure. Yeah, uh, but still, in the end, as I said, sometimes there's no happy ending, guys. Sometimes there's just cruel things happen. So obviously um, he was replaced by one day Ramos and of course Gus Poyot came in as his assistant. Um, did you think that was a good appointment and kind of what were the differences between Ramos and, and Yol? We all knew Juan de Ramos won the Europa League with Seville, you know, and probably that was one of the the decisions to, 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 to put him in charge, to bring a cup to Spurs. You know, this was my thinking, you know, well, you know, interesting move, interesting hook. We didn't knew him personally. Well, we get to new him into the preseason, and let me tell you something. I, we run in Germany. We run a lot in Germany, but with Juan de Ramos, guys, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, pretty much even, and maybe sometimes over, over the top. And I was, oh, we run so much. People were throwing up after running, you know. Yeah, and we were like, Mister, please, are we going to, are we going to gas and like gas? Please tell him. Tell him, you know, <laughs> we are football players. Come on, you know. Or I was uh, when we are when we're doing laps around the pitches at at old, at the old training ground at Spurs. You know, there were three or four pitches, and we were running all around all of them. And I am like like the last one with a couple of adult boys, and I'm like, for fuck's sake, slow down. You know, we are, we are football players, <laughs> right? You no. Know? Uh, but but he was he is, he was uh, actually he was a great guy. He was a great guy, and and uh, one of the probably the best compliments in my in my football life, in my career came from him. Uh, after already we established a good connection, and he knew what I can do. And in that period, when when my transfer was getting ready, and he he came to me in one uh, training session, and he's like, with his English, you know. But he, the problem with him was that his English was not the best one. 
that what was his letdown in a way i think but but he came to me and he with his english he's like but what's going on what's going on <laughs> you know? uh, and i'm like well i don't know uh, waiting and he's like if you leave the 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 beautiful football will, will live with you and i'm like oh, you know like boss i mean football but thank you for the compliment you know for me this was a great compliment because i always try to play beautiful football you know great football and your manager to come and say something like this it's in a way appreciation of your skills you know and it was it was great to hear something like this uh in the end after i think after the first game in charge i think it was against middlesbrough when he took charge and he came to me and he's like berba i'm gonna leave you on the bench and i'm like in my head what the fuck are you doing what are you doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> in my head uh, I, i didn't want to say anything mm, first impression stuff like this and i'm like oh, okay okay and, and he say uh i just said the same to robbie king and i'm like continuing in my head what the fuck are you doing honestly you know thinking thinking uh and after that game i don't i don't remember how we finished actually maybe a draw or something like this After that game, the next game, I think we play away at Maccabi Tel Aviv, if I'm, if I'm correct, because long time ago, Europa, Europa games. And he put us again with me and Robbie in the starting lineup. I score and he score. And from there on, it was business as usual. You know, probably he, he needed to, I don't know what he wanted to do with that thing, but in the end, you know, when he saw what we can do together with Kino, Uh, and in, in he, he trusted in my ability. Uh, everything was business as usual in the end. Berber, that League Cup that season saw us end our trophy drought. But sadly, you know, I say, started the latest revenge over Arsenal in that semi-final from the previous season. Talk us through the night. Tottenham 5, Arsenal 1, White Hart Lane was rocking. What was yeah. your experiences of that? I was the most angriest person after the game. Do you know why? Go on. Because I didn't score. That was it. <laughs> Everybody was jumping around in the dressing room and I'm like, what the f you know? <laughs> I was I was happy. I was happy, of course. I was enjoying because we go, we play final to the final, we destroy Arsenal. But because you are a striker, because I am a striker, as an every score. striker. You want to score. Yeah. You want to score. You want to score But, a Berg, Was there a mental block with Tottenham against the bigger teams? You know, that, that Arsenal defeat, it felt like there was so much anger being leashed on Arsenal that night. The goals, you know, it's pure frustration over so many years of, you know, real bent up anger that we couldn't beat them. We couldn't get over the line. And suddenly all these goals, this flurry of goals. Was there a feeling before the game that you always felt confident going into this game as a, as a group? As a group, yes, because we had we we had a, a great great bunch of players back then. Mm. Uh, now this team today is better than when we are when we are in the back in in, in 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 when I was there. Now this team is better, but we had unbelievable squad of of of, of fighters, of jokers, of people who who wanted to fight when they got on the pitch, and everybody was sticking uh, for the other one. It doesn't matter. You cannot love. In, in, in 20 people in a team, you cannot love, uh, how do you say, you cannot love uh, everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. You cannot love everybody. It's a big family, you're gonna have fights, you're gonna have a bus stops, you're gonna have swearing, stuff like this. But when you stepped onto the fucking pitch, the team comes first, always. If you're in a better position than me, and even if I don't like you, I will give you the fucking ball. 
10 times out of 10, you know, because it's better for the team. And this is how we are. It doesn't matter. On the pitch, the team comes first. And not that we didn't want to beat Arsenal the year before, or, every, or, or it doesn't matter which yeah, game. You every game you pump up, you especially against Arsenal, you're in the dressing room, the music is banging, you know, you, you want to pump up, the captain is giving you the speech. Uh you give you you give you 30 seconds or five minutes to concentrate, visualize the game, you know, you, you're telling yourself you're gonna destroy them when you go out. And sometimes works, sometimes it don't work. It is it is how it is in football. But in that particular night, I don't know, the planets were aligned in a proper way, you know, something was happening. And that night was magical. The only thing that it wasn't magical, I wasn't on the score sheet. You must have got an assist, surely. Actually, I don't remember. I hit the post, I think. Uh, yeah, to myself. But, it, but listen, in the end, uh, this, was, this was like five, ten minutes anger of myself. And then you realize, and you, uh, of course, you're telling, I, I was telling to myself, burps, for fuck's sake. You're going to a final. You score. You beat Arsenal five-one. You score against them already. You know what? What's with the what's with the small thinking? You know, look at the bigger picture. You know, we're going to play for a cup now, and everybody is enjoying around you. You know, just smile. Stuff like this. Probably I didn't smile, but inside me, I was you know happy as well. Sure. Imitar, the final then against a very strong Chelsea side. Did you boys believe we could go on and win that game? And did you realise what a big occasion that was for Tottenham Hotspur to actually be in a final and to get one over Chelsea? It meant the world to Tottenham. And when you stepped up to that penalty, you looked so cool. But how were the nerves? We all knew that we are the underdogs in that game. In that game, you know that, you know that, right? I mean, it was uh, Lampard, Terry, Balak, uh, Drogba. Uh, who was there? Peter Cech on the goal. I mean, what a team! And of course, we knew that the odds are against us. Uh, but sometimes you have that confidence level that is telling you, that is telling you respect your position. And of course, when you're underdog, you're going to respect the opposition. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, I mean, you, you played, we played so good and reached the final. Uh, we deserve to reach the final. And then I don't think we, we fear them. We respected them, but we knew that we have a slight chance of winning it. And I was confident. I was tense. Uh, I think before the game, we were a bit stressful as a team because final, uh, you know, we're going to play for the cup. Uh, as we spoke before, we tried to bring the glory days back to Spurs. Uh, and I think Juan de Ramos saw that with Gustavo Puyet. And then the day before the game, they took us... Um, they took us to have some kind of a, of a games, you know, just to take our mind out of this game, you know. And it worked. It worked for, for one hour and two hours. We were, how do you say, we were shooting with... with uh, paintballing. Paintballing, yeah. Paintball, yeah. uh, something like that, if I remember correctly, and just having fun and enjoy it. And then on the day of the game, when we were going to, to the game in the bus, Gus was like, boys, you know, we, we have prepared something for you. We wanted to watch it when we are moving with the bus towards the stadium. And he, he put a, a, a CD, a DVD of, of uh, personal performances of, of every player, like uh, how the saves of Robinson, 
you know, Ledley King tackling and saving a goal, uh, Mike goes, Robbie King goes, Jermaine Defoe, and you're sitting there and with the music, you know, like making you feeling that you're going to destroy Chelsea, you know, and, and you feel indestructible. And it really worked because when you stepped out of the, out of the, out of the, of the, the bus and you feel energized, you feel confident, uh, and you feel good, and it worked, and it worked uh, because at the pitch, I think we play a good game. We play a good game, uh, and in the end, one nil for them, a penalty, as you ask me, and uh, at that situation with Kino, because as I said, we sp we speak sometimes with him without saying anything. And he did miss a couple of penalties before that. So in that situation, when the ref gave the penalty, and I'm like, just, just watching him, just give him a stare. And, and I'm like, and from the other side, he, he's doing like this, you know, just take it. No, yeah. you, you do it. And I, and I, guys, I felt so confident, honestly. But I felt confident because I was playing good, I was scoring goals, I was making assists, and this for a striker is everything. And, you, and your confidence is going to be sky high when you do something like this. And it doesn't matter if it's Wembley, 90,000, Petr Cech, one of the best. If you score and if you play good, you, your confidence is going to be here. And in that moment, I feel exactly like this. And I have a particular way of scoring penalties, and I didn't want to change anything. Uh, and I just told myself, Berbs, stay true to yourself, you know, everything will be fine. Again, 20 seconds in my hand. I like, just take it, shoot it. And I tried to, to look cool. I tried to look cool. Uh, probably there was like... You did look cool. You did, exactly. You were yeah. cool. <laughs> there was like... Coolest man at Wembley. <laughs> there was like probably 95% coolness and 5% a bit of nervousness, like, uh, like all human beings. We try sometimes to sabotage ourselves with negative thinking, and sometimes it happens in the worst possible moment uh, in life. And I was like, just one one time, I was thinking, don't think about if you miss, don't think about if you miss, and I try to put that thoughts away. And I think it helps me because I, I felt confident because I was scoring goals. And the moment I see Petr Cech bending the knee, going one way, you know, I knew that I just needed to put it on the other way, and he had no chance even if I put it so slow. And I put it slow on purpose because sometimes you look even cooler and you think, what are you doing? Why don't you shoot it through us with pace? No, no, sometimes it's just about accuracy and just thinking how to do it. And then after that, when Nud gets caught that goal, man, it was, it was crazy for us. And we knew that we we're going to win it. We knew that we we're going to win it. And after that, I don't even remember what happened when we won the cup, honestly. I don't even remember. I just remember yeah. the joy and my first cap. And I was like so happy. And I, I remember that I didn't give it to anyone on the pitch. I took it with myself. Chimonda wanted to hold it. And I'm like, fuck off. It's my cap, my first cap, you know. <laughs> Taking it with me everywhere around the pitch. And actually my father was at the stadium at that day and he didn't watch me score. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, I couldn't bear to watch. What happened if you miss? And I'm like, well, that I didn't miss, you know, I scored. So you miss to see your son score at Wembley. What the, you know, crazy stuff. 
there's proper scenes. I mean, it brings back such, such good memories. You know, that day out of Wembley for us fans, like you say, the trophy drought was over and you guys brought the, the glory days back. And, and and actually, after that fantastic win, we, we then pretty much ended Chelsea's league title challenge with a, an utterly astonishing, crazy 4-4 draw at the lane. Um, although yourself, you, you could have actually won it, I think, in the, in the, in the last few seconds of the game. Talk to us about that, uh, Berber, if you can. You know, that 4-4 draw at the lane was just utter madness, wasn't it? Well, I still regret that game. I still regret that game because it should be 5-4 for us. Honestly, I remember it. I, rem- I remember it. I remember it, that last-minute chance when I just faint that I'm going to shoot and Alex, probably they're still looking for him somewhere on the, on the there, you sliding tackle. And then... I saw what was the name of the goalkeeper? I forgot. Uh, I think it was wasn't wasn't it Carlo Codicini then? Well, it was, Codicini. I think it was Carlo. Yeah, yeah. Codicini. And just before I shoot, as in a penalty, I see him going, you know, just just going with bending the knee like this, and I just see that, and I'm like, all right, you're done, and I'm shooting on the other way of him, but he is like with the finger here on the on the gloves. He touched the ball and he goes out of a corner. And I'm like telling myself, Bears, fuck, man. That, 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 I mean, that should be 5-4, honestly. But that game, again, only in England, man. Probably only in England. What a game what was. I mean, I don't, I don't remember how, it moved, how the score was moving. Was it 1-1, 2 something like that. I just remember that we scored so many goals. And the goals of Kino... I mean, that was some kind of a goal. I mean, that was unbelievable. I think it went 4-2, didn't it, lads? I think, I think they were 4-2. Yeah, I think four two. it was 2-0, 3-1, 4-2. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. At that point, we were thinking, you know, classic, Chelsea have done us again. But then we come back. I mean, Kino's goal was absolutely outrageous. It was unbelievable goal. And, and yeah. you know, got us back in it. And then to, to get in that 4-4 was just... It's a crazy game, wasn't it? Utterly crazy. Yeah, and that's, that's how... I mean, it was entertaining, I hope. For, for the people watching from the, from the outside. Uh, it was entertaining for us as well in a way that we scored a lot of goals, but at the same time, it was disappointing sometimes because we didn't pick up the points which count the most in football anyway. Uh, but we did for sure entertain and uh, we tried to, not to look cool, but just to have a good, beautiful football, like playing, uh, in a way that Spurs wanted us to play with attack, not thinking too much about the fans. We just attack and score goals. Maybe you can say that we are a bit more stupid that way, romantic in a way, like that you just go and play pure football and just score a goal and don't worry about the fans. I love That's it, Berber. I, I love football like that. Yeah, but it's in honesty. As a, that's why I say football can be cruel because. Even if you can go get away with that in the past, now it's not like that anymore. Unfortunately, that is it's not how it is. You can have that in five-a-side games or lower league football, but in professional football, unfortunately, uh, it's not it's no more like this. But back then, honestly, me and Kino, we knew that we can do something special. Yeah, some games didn't happen, but some most of most of the games, I think that we have so much fun with him up front. Hmm. You, you say it can't happen, Berber, but it's just happened at Old Trafford on Sunday. <laughs> well, you have a point, and I must say, I said when we speak, when we speak with friends, 
take nothing away from Spurs. It doesn't matter that they play one man uh, more than United. But in that game, particular game, the bromance between Harry Kane and, and Son is getting better and better. And now that you put Gareth Bale into the mix, I mean, if I'm the defender, I'm going to have in a nightmares probably, you know. <laughs> and hopefully, as I said, hopefully they can stay fit because we all know how English football sometimes is too many games. Schedule is hectic and crazy. But if these two can stay fit, and I was impressed, actually, put aside Son and Kane, I was impressed by uh, Ndombele and uh, Sissoko. Uh, and sorry, the name is a bit difficult for me. The new guy. Hoiberg. Oh, Hoiberg. Yeah, Hoiberg. Because these three, they were bullying. They are bullying the other players the whole game. And, and visioning of the game, positioning, interception, reading of the game. Everything was happening and they were controlling that game. And I'm happy to see Ndombele getting more and more playing time because I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Say that again, oh. Burba. He's a good player, yeah? Tungy Ndombele, we like him, yeah? I, I said it even when they when you uh, yeah. when, when Spurs signed it. We've got a fan in here that's not the biggest Tungy Ndombele fan, but he's slowly getting one over by him. If he keeps doing the 90 minutes, our friend well, Jason McGovern in the top right-hand I've, corner. I've, I've only ever said it's important that he gets fit and plays 90 minutes. That's all there. I've ever Listen. said. He's getting there. This was this was probably the same. Do you remember how Sissoko started his first career? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, probably yeah. everybody was thinking, what uh, what are you doing here in my team? You know. <laughs> but but now, I mean, honestly, this is my opinion, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's one of the best players in the team, for sure, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. You know, last season he was unbelievable. And that's why I say sometimes, guys, you, you need to understand Ndombele, uh He's the most expensive player, I yep. think, in Spurs. 65 million, yeah. This is so much money, it, it's crazy. And we are all human beings. And he's thinking probably from time to time, how can I justify so much money? I mean, uh, and you can put stress to yourself and you can sabotage yourself. And this can affect your game, especially if you're in a new surroundings, new team. Sometimes it's difficult. And I'm sure he is the first guy that he wants to do right by that. Just after that final, talk of the, the move to Man United started to, to surface and it carried on all summer. Robbie Keane by then had already got his move to Liverpool and you were you obviously weren't getting your move. How did that affect the relationship with the, the players, the club, the manager and, and how frustrating was it just, just having to wait for that move? Uh, it, it was frustrating in a way that uh, in England... I get to know that at that uh, later at that point and going further into my career, everything tends to happen in the last day of the window, stuff like this, you know, which is not good for us, yes. for football players. Uh, it's entertaining for everybody else, probably news and stuff like this, more dramatic business wise. You, know, you can save money. You can, you know, you, you, you pay maybe more sometimes uh, this way. It was frustrating. But the relationship with my teammates, nothing changed because, guys, you need to understand that in football, uh, when you're in a football team with your teammates, they will get and they will understand your position and uh, your situation. Because in the end, everybody can, can be in that situation in one point yeah. in, in his career. Uh, 
Uh, and when you have good understanding with your team and they know where you're coming from, they will understand that. Uh, and th this was in my case, of course. Uh, and they will understand that everybody is following his own path. In that path along the way, you're gonna be hurting some people, but not on purpose, but purely because me, I was following my own path. And of course, people will be disappointing. Uh, people will be suffering and they'll be angry. But in the end, you know, sometimes this is how it is in football. And every team, how can you say that? How do you say that in English? Every team can do without any player. Is that how you said? You know, because in the end, the no player is, bigger than the club. Yeah, the, the team is bigger than any player, and all the time you're gonna have better player coming in after a while. You know, and it's normal in football. In that particular summer. Kino wanted to, to move, uh, I uh, wanted to move, and it was purely because we were developing and becoming better and better. And unfortunately in football, uh, how can I put it? Unfortunately in football, you have moments like this when the, the, the big teams that uh, from the past, uh, with the, uh, make the name from the past and still carrying that tradition of a big team comes after you, your head is going to become like this and you're going to sure, start thinking sure. and you're going to start asking questions. And you're, like, you're going to be like, what happened if I miss my chance now? Am I going to regret it? What, what my family is going to say? What my dad is going to say? You know, uh, stuff like this. And after a while, you, take a, you took a decision and I, I take the decision and, and move on to, to United. And then after a while, as I said, that's why I say it's happening to everybody. To Modric after that, Bale go to Real Madrid, you know. And I, say, I said... Uh, after that, and I, I, I repeat it now, that I hope Spurs now, when they have everything, like the base, the training base, I mean, the, 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 the stadium, unbelievable, the players will come and Spurs will be the team that will, will take and buy the best, the, the, the best player. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the, the players will go to Spurs and they will start to, to, to win what they deserve to win for, for a long time. Because it's been a long time now. Uh, 12 years? 12 years, yeah. 12 years, yeah. Since my time. I'm proud about that. Since my time. You know, I'm telling people I was there when we won the last trophy, you know. But still, <laughs> guys, you know, it's, it's, it's too long. It's too long. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really hope that this is the season that we do have finally end that trophy drought. But just going back to the deadline day move, of course, it was quite a crazy day. As you said, deadline day is always very crazy. Um, of course, you were linked with a move to Manchester City, but you eventually moved to Manchester United. So could you maybe talk us through that day and, and kind of describe the process of, of eventually choosing to join Manchester United in the end? No, it's a, it was an easy decision for, for me, in a way, choosing between both these teams because United was, was United. And with the, with the manager, with the players, with the, with the Premier League titles, They've become the, the, the Champions League winner, I, I think, that year as well. And how can you not be uh, tempted? How can you not be, especially me, coming from Bulgaria, small country, East European country. Uh, I, know, I know what I've gone through through my career. Uh, how do you say? Uh, getting the steps to success slowly. You know? uh, and it was an easy decision for me when my manager... Uh, told me, Berba, uh, you know, the city also interesting coming after you, offering you more money. Uh, and I said before, I was like, you know, his name is Emil. And I'm like, uh, Emil, 
just you know fuck off i'm not interested in that you know just just uh, i need to play in the highest way possible in my in my opinion and money and fame everything will follow after that football is first you know football comes first and this was the, exactly the situation and it was easy decision you know it was easy decision like this but at that moment sorry but that moment um, transfer window again last day of the transfer window is is not good purely because a football player not only me but everyone goes through so many emotions through that day and exhausting so many uh exactly so many emotion adrenaline stress everything that in the end you feel wasted you don't feel happy you cannot be happy after that even if you want to be happy to smile you can't because you you you've gone through so many emotions good and bad and you, you just want to go and sleep so on, on the way that sky news always cover these things the day looked like alex ferguson kidnapped you at manchester airport and and took you up and locked you in carrington almost like a prisoner until you you had to sign a contract and Tottenham had to agree everything and otherwise Dimitar you're not leaving here and we got Fraser Campbell backwards I mean crazy uh, no he, he waited for me at the airport which I didn't think was true because my agent told me about it and I'm like you know no, that cannot be true but it was he waited for us and uh, in the end business wise because this in the end it's unfortunately is business uh, and I, I was the how do you say commodity yeah. how yep. do you say yeah, yeah. I, I am, unfortunately i am and i was priced at this price uh and in the end daniel levy what wanted exactly how much he wanted and he's a very good businessman in that he know what he wants and in the end he gets it uh and that's why he was so tense because everybody's defending his own point of view and in the middle of all this it's me and i'm just sitting there and just you know looking left and right and thinking what the fuck is going on, you know, and you're suffering, you're worrying, you're happy at the same time. Uh, again, all these emotions uh, and you just nothing you can do. You just hope that this side and this side can come to an agreement uh, and find a solution, which in the end they did. And as I said, in business deals, sometimes you wait until the last moment because you want to, uh, screw the other side and you know pay less or pay more stuff like this no. but you've mentioned the fantastic bromance between Hunmin Son and Harry Kane Gareth Bale hasn't played for us yet this season but Jose Mourinho has made some fantastic signings in this transfer window for a player like yourself who has won the Premier League twice how close are Tottenham um, in competing for the Premier League title because we've had the former manager Harry Redknapp and uh, Tottenham legend David Ginola come out and say that Tottenham could challenge this season. And when you said earlier, 12 and a half years since you lifted the League Cup with Spurs, of course, Tottenham's last domestic trophy, it's far too long, isn't it? So when are the trophies coming? <laughs> oh, if I knew when the trophy are coming, I was going to bet, you know, make some money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but... Uh... Let's not forget, I think, of course, my opinion, that the Premier League uh, is, a, is a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, and the season is really uh, just in the beginning of, of the season. Uh, judging by the performance that Spurs had against United, you can easily say, and I heard what Harry, Harry Redknapp said after that, and you can easily agree with him. Uh, but the one word I always said when I was 
when I speak about Spurs is consistency. This is the most important word for me, consistency. If they can keep that consistency factor going throughout the season, yes, they're going to lose some games, of course, but if, if they're going to keep consistency factor going with that performance or similar like they had against United, I think they can be a strong contender for, for that Premier League title because we saw Liverpool, City losing, uh, I think, against Leicester, was it? Uh, they were Jamie yeah, Vargas for yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so probably the season is going to be interesting. The season is going to be interesting and this is what we want to watch, I hope. And, and now probably uh, <laughs> Everton is sitting in first place and thinking, well, Leicester have done, you know, you never know, you know. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, this is probably the season when, when, when people saw that Liverpool is, is not unbeatable and they, when you can see seven goals, then you probably have problems there. I mean, uh, United six, City are not performing well, what I see. So this is probably one of the chances that, that Spurs should take advantage of. But consistency is the, the word they need to put it on the dressing room, probably. Dimitar, do you think, though, that Jose Mourinho will deliver trophies at Tottenham? Well, I wanted that to be the case. And I think that, I don't know, if someone knew, uh, can agree with me that maybe one of the reasons Daniel Levy put him in charge is because wherever he goes, he yep. wins trophy. Spot on. That is uh, it's not coincidence. Uh, that guy... Uh, for so long, he's been one of the top coaches in the world, winning trophy wherever he goes. And this is probably one of the reasons he's in Spurs now. The moment was right, you know, probably. And now when he have his start with one full season in charge, he knows that the, the expectations are high, that uh, the focus and the stress level are going to be high. And people are going to start asking questions if the team is not performing well. And in the end of the season, if Spurs didn't win something, you know, there are going to be questions for sure. Because it's easy to criticize, guys. This is the most easiest thing to do in the world, to criticize. But I think, and I, I think I saw it in the documentary about Spurs, which, by the way, was great. It was, it was yeah. unbelievable. That he said that he knows that the stress and the questions are going to be towards him if he didn't probably deliver a trophy or something like this. Aberba, we saw the pleasure of you being at our new stadium. We watched you in that Legends game. Just to let you know, we've got a couple of questions left. We're not going to keep you too much longer. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And we just want to find out what you're up to now. What are you doing with yourself? Are you looking to be involved in top-level coaching? What are you up to now? What is Dimitar Berbatov, the man, doing at this moment in time? Well, I took my A licence in coaching uh, last year. I will be going for my pro licence. Uh, just we need to see how it's going to be done because of the virus situation and stuff like this. But I will be taking, I will be took, I will took this for sure pro licence because if the moment uh, down the, the road came for me when I would like to be a manager, I need to be ready, I need to be prepared. And of course, I need someone to give me a chance in, in, in this kind of work. Uh, other than that, I have my uh, foundation, 11 years strong going now, helping talented kids back home here in Bulgaria. And as I told you guys, I just published my uh, biography, autobiography in English. My Bulgarian one was published one and a half year ago. And it took us a bit longer to translate it in English because from Bulgarian to English is not easy. And I just wanted to keep exactly everything as I speak and as I think and as a joke and everything is how I am. But in the end, we've done it and I'm very proud with that. Yeah.
Yeah, so just on your autobiography that I'm sure myself and many Tottenham fans are really looking forward to reading, uh, what, what's it called and, and where are we going to be able to buy it? Uh, it's called My Way. It's called My Way. I, I, I stole that from Frank Sinatra's song, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> of uh, because I like that song. I like that. I'm, I'm in love with that song. And uh, I just put it on the book and I think it's, it's fit uh, the way it I think fits about you, football. doesn't it? I mean, that does fit it's you your yeah. way, it's yeah. your style. Well, probably we all tend to think that we all have our own unique way of doing things uh, and everybody's different. But I just thought that it's a good way because in life, as I, in football, as I mentioned before, I always played my way of football and I was lucky enough to play with under managers who never told me to change anything in my game. And I stayed true to myself. And probably that's why I scored some of the goals I scored. Uh, and I'm very proud with this as well. And the book you can get from my from my website, berbatov.com. Mm, you know, it's easy as that. And, uh, you know, I hope people will like it. I explain really uh, in details about everything, and especially my first touch. People ask me about that a lot. No, but, but, a lot but on that time. first touch, can you just tell us very quickly, you know, we, we've got to let you go. You've been absolutely amazing with us here. For those out there that are going to ask you, because for me, you were my, you know, Looking up, you were you were a god to me as a player. Watching you every week, that touch. Can you just explain how do you get that touch? How does that happen? Can you just explain very quickly how that happens? Tell us, please. Uh, well, actually, I cannot explain it to you quick. You know, it's 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 more complicated than that. But <laughs> if I need to sum it up, uh, just watch the Charlton goal. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it uh, up. <laughs> if I need to sum it up, uh, when I was a small boy, and I explain it in my book, uh, and I have a picture with that ball, I used to have a basketball. I don't know how we used to have a basketball by home. And back then, basketball was a really heavy ball. Yeah. And I go outside, and nobody out there with me. And I don't know why. Nobody tells me to do this. But I just do it. I take the ball because I'm still 10, 11 years or something like that. And I just throw it. And then I stop it. I throw it and I stop it. You know, I just do this all day long with basketball. You know, when it's cold, your eyes start to water in a little bit, but you know, it doesn't matter. I stay, throw, stop. And then when you grow up, that habit in me start to get better and better, start to unlock in different situations. And you, I start to advance in the movements, you know, turning and moving and when someone is chasing me and continue to do that exercise. Until this day, I always do that exercises. And if you watch me carefully in my playing days, when we were warming up before the games, every time I was kicking the ball high and controlling, kicking and controlling, preparing for the game. Because I knew this is my, not my best, probably my best weapon, that first touch. And I, I needed to know that I was ready. You know, I needed to know that I was ready. Is it possible for you to sign a copy of the book and we'll give it as a, as a competition prize and maybe you can... You can give us a question for for a possible, you know, for somebody to win the copy of the book. But the books, they're all signed by me. I all, oh, all right. I sign okay. it. Fantastic. I sign it okay. and I, I, I send it to, to, to the people who have purchased them because I knew that with, with the signing book, this is how it is. It's more valuable anyway. Yep. With the signing sure. book, it's, it's a good copy. So the, all my books are signed. Amazing. So if you, can give us, if you can give us a question for the for the listeners to win a copy... And then we'll we'll do a competition with the with the podcast. 
me, cut me off guard here, though. <laughs> Spurs related, ideally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Spurs related, Spurs related, but uh, fuck. <laughs> Can you help me with something here? Yeah. Just something easy. I don't know. Maybe your your first ever Spurs goal or something like that. Maybe. Yes, Maybe my favorite Spurs goal. Okay. But how do they know who is my favorite Spurs goal? Are you going to tell us off air? You tell us, and that's fine. Or maybe uh, that's pretty easy, but maybe who did I score my first goal against? Yeah, let's let's go with that. Let's go with that. Nice and easy, yeah. Okay, yeah. Who did Dimitar Berbatov score his first goal against? Let's say we'll get a copy of that book out to you. Um, Berber from me. Been an absolute honour, been a pleasure, been a privilege having you on. You've spent more than, like I say, the time allocated you were going to give us. So thank you ever so much. been a pleasure. I'm sure the guys want to say a quick couple of words. Yeah, oh, fantastic to have you, Dimitar, and, and good luck with the, the coaching and everything you do, mate. Yeah, Berber, thank, you, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Dimitar. Dimitar. Thank you. Pure, thank you, Dimitar, for the time. I'll catch you down the road, guys. No problem. OK, thank you, thank you so much, Dimitar. Thanks for your time. So there you go. We had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Dimitar Berbatov. And what's a very special celebration for us here at The Last Word on Spurs, our third birthday. And the guys you're looking at here are what makes this show happen. I have to say that we've had some wonderful guests over the course of the last three years on The Last Word on Spurs. But the people you're seeing here on this screen, plus Anna from Spurs XY, plus the many different guests we have on, these are the guys that every week find the time of their devoted lives. They've all got, like I say, you know, commitments, but they find the time to come and talk about Tottenham for the good, for the bad, for the great, for the sad. For Chris, the trophies have got to be coming. For Lee McQueen, the crazy chain keeps on rolling. For Jamie from the Daily Hotspur, you know, the transfers we hope keep coming. For John, the youth coming through, we hope they're going to keep coming through. For Jason, all right, he left us, but he's back again for this one. Special to me, of course. And I just want to say, on behalf of everybody out there that listens to our show, um, we're touched, we're humbled by the amount of love we have each and every show, each and every week. And we do it for our love of Tottenham. That's purely the reason for it. We absolutely love doing the shows. And, you know, to have Berbatov on with us there, um, special guy, special character. And I think for our birthday, that was a very special show for us. And I just want to say massive thank you to you guys to make this happen every single week. It is a real team effort. It really genuinely is. And um, like I say, if I just pass over to Chris, what a great interview that was, Chris. What a man. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Unbelievable. And uh, the fact that he said that the trophies are coming and Tottenham could actually challenge for the Premier League title this year uh, makes me feel even more excited than before. You know, the trophies are coming, you know, it's, but, it, it, you know, talking about, you know, being on with you guys all the time is absolutely fantastic. You know, we absolutely uh, love what we do. Um, very passionate about Tottenham. Um, even very passionate when we lose, draw or win, whatever the result is. We're always wanting to talk about Spurs. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed being a part of this podcast. So thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. And hand over to Lee McQueen, who is the instructor of our crazy train. I mean, I don't know where this train's going. We hope it's going to lead to trophies. We hope that will lead to Jason McGovern's return some point in the near future, who's trying to divulge away from the question as a shaking no. Lee, what's Steve, to come? We, we play we play swashbuckling football like we did on uh, on Sunday. Jason will be back in a couple of weeks. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I mean, look, I've been I've been shoveling the coal in the in the in the train in the crazy train. Keep that burning, right? For 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 months and months. And I've I've told you, I've told all the listeners as well, man. It is a crazy train, ain't gonna last forever. But we've turned the corner, 
And I'm telling you, this crazy crane, when it pulls into the station, it's going to have trophies. Chris, Chris Cowden, it's going to have trophies in the back of it. Don't you worry about that. Um, absolute honour to be to be part of this podcast. A massive happy birthday. Um, when uh, when I first came on as a guest, uh, whatever it was, a couple of years ago, um, I, di- I didn't think that uh, I'd end up being, you know, a, a total regular and doing the marathon show. Nor did we. <laughs> yeah, I've wormed my way in, son. I've wormed my way in. Uh, but now now, uh, now, now, I'm in. Uh, you can't get rid of me. So uh, the crazy train is rolling. And again, thanks for fa- thanks for listening. And, and, and Rick and the lads, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. John, hand over to you. John, you're still, I see you've come to us in the last year or so. John, you kind of filled that missing spot for us. You know, we didn't really have someone to kind of really focus on the youth at Tottenham, the passion you bring to the shows. You know, what I found about you, John, is that makes me laugh at times, that even in the most darkest times of Spurs fans, you still find the positives out of, you know, poor performances and whatever. I'm sitting there thinking, how does John find a positive? But he finds it. And, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. And um, the love we've had is insane, isn't it, really, for the show over this last year or two since you've joined? Yeah, I mean, the actual growth of this show and being part of something that I see tweets where people are listening to it in New Jersey, people listening to it in Korea, people listening to it in Italy, you know, all over the world. There's so much love for this show and the work us guys put in and, and principally you, Ricky. I mean, the amount of hours you do editing these shows, uh, that doesn't always get seen. So I really want to make a, a point of that now. You Very make fun. this show what it is and us guys support you. And it's, this is, you know, your hard work, Ricky. So it's just an honour to have been asked to, to be involved with you guys. And it's been lovely to get to know you as friends as well as fellow Tottenham fans. So, yeah, I'm just excited for the season to come. The year does end in one. Trophies are coming, baby. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Now, I'm going to hand over to Jason because Jamie's got to leave it on a high for us. You know what Jason's like. So, Jason, can I just say on behalf of all of us, as you know, when you took that decision to, to leave us, to retire, um, we were gutted. It's been like, it's still been great having you to come back to do these odd cut of shows that you do for us. Have you missed us? Not at all, mate. I, I, <laughs> I listen on and I listen to, you know, signings like Carlos Vinisky, Isky, Iskius, or whatever he was called. And uh, Raguli on, and I think, blimey, Rick, come on, you need that. You need we're to sort trying. We're out. trying. We're Bro, trying. But, no doubt about right, it. Right, Vinicius. There you go. Off the tongue. But it, but it's great to see you in white instead of your normal black Mike well, Dean just, outfit. Just for and, you. Uh, but no, they're, they're still good to listen to. And um, you know, you should have left me in the coffin. I'm, I'm glad to be in the coffin sometimes. But uh, no, it's, it's it's good to get together again, boys. And uh, I've I've bought me ticket. I'm, I'm leaving like Chris. He's he's got me on this trophies are coming nonsense. Oh yeah. And, and Lee's got me collecting tickets on the train. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen next? I have to ask you, Jason, it wouldn't be fair if I don't ask you this question. If Mourinho keeps playing that kind of football at the weekend, are you starting to get excited? Oh, absolutely. That, that's all I've, I've ever wanted to see. And, you know, I, I, I'll use a quick snippet. Chelsea, last week, 20 minutes where we, we camped in our own half. We're watching Chelsea pass the ball. They're 1-0 up. We suddenly go up the other end and start attacking and we look a different side. And, you know, for me, I, I know people disagree, but we've got Son, Kane and Bell and they're our match winners, not Sanchez, Dyer and Toby. Mm. Just play on that front foot and yeah. and you're seeing. I think maybe Jose also realised that a little bit, that there's so much attacking talent in this team. We don't have to, we don't have to play low blocks. We can go and express ourselves. And if, if Tottenham Hotspur play football like that, then I'm, I'm fully on Lee's train. Yeah. Jay, just a hand over to you. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, Jay, as part of the last one on Spurs. You've been with us now for a couple of years, same as Lee. Um, a regular in our so many transfer shows we do. And um, you've become part of, like I say, the natural format as well. 
It's been a pleasure having you, Jan. I'm sure, like I say, you're going to echo the love we've had for the show. It's just been incredible over this last couple of months. The Fabrizio Romano show was absolutely insane. Just the amount Brilliant. of coverage it's got. I mean, Brilliant one, that was. We've been, yeah. we've been very lucky, haven't we, Jay, in terms of the coverage we've had over this last year or two. It's been yeah. insane for the listeners as well. They've been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. And tonight was, was a magnificent show. I mean, to listen to Dimitar Berbatov, a guy that we've all um, you know, watched over the years and, and seen been such a fantastic player for Spurs. I mean, that was you know, a fantastic opportunity. And yeah, again, just thank you to all the listeners for all the support. You know, uh, the messages we received has just been fantastic. And um, yeah, it's, it's always really nice to hear that people are enjoying the show. And um, as John said, you know, I think you know, you've got to say a big thank you to Ricky for all the work that he's done for this show. Because you know, we, we do, you know, we love talking about Spurs, us guys. And um, you know, obviously Ricky does is the one who always puts in the hard work. So that's definitely worth uh, saying. But yeah, um, absolutely loved it. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have so much, you know, some really good stuff to talk about in the future. Because you know, we came so close during my time here to, to winning that trophy. But yeah. um, you now feel as though Spurs are in a period where. Uh, they're going to give us a trophy to finally talk about, I believe. The work that you and all of you guys as well, but Rick, that you put in to get the guests on and then the guests come on and they give their uh, they give up their free time. We've had some outrageous, brilliant guests on, not only just the, you know, the, the ex-footballers like Dimitar was an utter pleasure to talk to, but also all the other guests that we have on, the, the, you know, the regulars, the semi-regulars, people that, you know, there's, there's a queue now to get on the show. It's a queue to get on the train. Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's fantastic, you know, and um, long that continue, uh, I think it's an absolutely, uh, it's, it's brilliant to be a part of uh, something that you've built here, Rick. It's superb, mate. I've got to just say to close it, I think, you know, for me to walk away, you know, so with you know, five or six now long-term friends for life, it's funny because they say social media, and as we know, I think we've all seen it, it can be quite a poisonous place. I think, you know, it, this shows you out of anything, you know, good can come out of sometimes bad places because I've met five or six guys that I know that I've got an unbreakable bond with um, that it's not only just about Tottenham we talk about general life as well believe it or not even though we spend our lives at Tottenham we know each other on a personal level as well you know it's just you know incredible to have got to know these guys personally um, it's been an absolute pleasure I wouldn't change a thing um, and please 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 we've got Europa League Carabao Cup Premier League there's so much to look forward to to come I have to believe this season the trophies are coming to use Chris Cowling's oh, line. You've got, three, you've got three things to say. You've got Son, you've got Kane, you've got Bale. I mean, are you having a laugh? I mean, we, we put out a tweet, didn't we? Uh, was it yesterday, the day before, uh, which absolutely went mad. How many goals these front three are going to score? Jay's done a... Um, uh, a Voting uh, cast, poll, yeah. And it went, it just completely banged over 13,000 hits on the pole. And it, what, what was it, one? It was 50% one with a top four finish and a trophy. People are starting to believe. And, you know, we, we, a lot of us have always believed. But I'm telling you, this is happening. We are the last piece of the puzzle. Not last one in Spurs. Not, you know, like just a few people. Us fans. We are the people. The minute you start talking about Spurs in, talking about this and talking about... It's not... It's gone. It's changed. A switch has flipped. The penny has dropped. Whatever cliche you want to say, the reality of the situation is we're winning Sank this year. Probably two things. And we can challenge. No, <laughs> can I just say for the, for this special show, if you've been listening to us or watching us, we're on obviously a very special you know live stream here. Jason just put up a you know I can't remember even said this. Jason's put up a, a a placard there saying trophies are coming. So if you're listening on audio, uh, you've just missed that. Jason McGovern believes the trophies are coming. Let's do a final roundup if the trophies are coming. Let's start with John. John, is this the year 
Is this the season on the last word on Spurs where we actually have a trophy to celebrate? Double, double, double. <laughs> Harry Kane has won the double. <laughs> John love it. John's Absolutely love it. John's this, all right, let's hand over to, to Jamie. Jamie, is this finally the time? Last one on Spurs, third birthday we're celebrating right here. Is this going to finally be the season that we can all get together as a group and watch this Spurs team under Jose Mourinho get that trophy? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, you, you look at that team now and as, as we've all said about that front three, I think that you've got to win something with that front three now. I think that the summer that we've just had has, has been really special because it feels as though we have kind of built a proper squad now. Um, you look at the options that we have. So there's so much to be excited about at Spurs. And of course, you know, you've got the manager in place as well, who, who's won 20 major trophies across 16 years. So he knows how to win trophies. You know, we brought him here, hopefully to win trophies. And uh, I, I, I'm very confident that he's going to deliver this season for us. Jace, obviously, of course, um, we are still going to have you on in and out maybe the season, not too much obviously in terms of obviously the focus on games, more for kind of special shows. Easy. I mean, for listeners out there, Jace, I absolutely loved you. Um, what do you predict for the season generally? I definitely can see the possibility to win one, but but having watched the, the league so far, I think COVID, COVID with crowd lockouts is definitely affecting things. And I think you're, you're partly seeing perhaps when teams are a, a couple of goals down without that push from the crowd, it's almost an acceptance of the defeat. So, you know, us scoring six, Old Trafford, Villas seven, Leicester's five. When, when you see the big teams starting to suffer like that, I think you, you can kind of see it, it could well be one of those funny seasons. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I think every team will, I, I bet there'll be the day where we get done by four or five. It just seems to be that's going to happen. But but I, 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 I'm definitely confident that the, the Premier League winner won't need anywhere near 97, 98 points. So... If you say to me now, give me 86 points and take your chances, I'd do that. I think we've got a great chance to win it because I think 86, 87 points may well be enough. So are we capable of getting 87 points? Absolutely we are. And um, and it's just, you know, it'd be interesting to see when, when those crowds do start to come in where there's only 1,000 or 5,000. But if, if we can just steer clear of, if we can keep Kane, Son and Bell or any combination of the, even those two, if it's if it's Bell, Bell, Son, and Mora. If it's if it's Kane, Bell, and you know Stephen Bergvine or whatever. Yeah. I think if you can Happy keep that as a combination, we've got a great chance of, of winning even the big one. I honestly, there's so much excitement. Jason is talking about trophies. God, you you do feel saying generally. Could I'm be talking out. about the big trophy. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Lee. I mean, you've been instructed on this crazy train. What, what is generally to come, Lee? Because I know, listen, we all get excited. I mean, that Man United podcast we've done, I think, you know, recording straight after the way we did, we haven't come back down to life at that point. We were still in, on cloud nine. But having had a bit of time now to kind of reflect on it, three or four days, what do you generally feel, Lee, is achievable this season? All, all joking aside, what is achievable with this group? Well, I, I, I voted under Jason's um, uh, poll the other day, uh, 13,000 votes, unbelievable. And I voted for um, uh, to finish in the top four and to get a trophy. But I wanted to add another trophy on it. It didn't give me that option, unfortunately, but I think too. I don't want to be greedy. Um, and look, I, I actually brought that up at what Jason said about the points. I brought that up at the end of the last podcast. You know, the reality is if you start to play the table, start to play the points, don't play what's going on around you. Don't get sucked in to all these other people, like what they're doing. Just focus on if you get 72 points, it's top four, right? Pretty much. It, the, the, the league will tell you that pretty much so. And if you get 
around 90 points, you probably win the league. And 86, 87, you're in for the right shout. Now, the thing is about, you know, in and around there, it will be a record for Tottenham in terms of points total to, to, to win the league because they've only ever got 86 points, which was uh, from, from Maurizio in recent history. So, so the, the, the reality is that we're going to have to have a record-breaking season. But have we got now a squad in, in every single position, we've got a, a quality player. And, you know, I've, I've I watched the game back twice since uh, since Sunday um, and some of the different highlight shows as well. And Serge Aurier was absolutely outstanding. Like the, he pinged that ball um, as well. For, for, to, for When he scored, he was the one that started that move off. I yep. didn't realise that until I watched it back the third time. Absolutely outstanding. So people now seem to be playing in the positions that he needs them to be playing in. And they've upped their game because of the people that we brought in. And and Berbatov said it himself. How many times did he use the word confidence? How many times did Dimitar Berbatov say about confidence? And then, of course, and then he's used a consistency word. And I think if you get two of them in there, consistency breeds confidence, and confidence breeds consistency. And, and it's, a, it's almost like a double pivot. And if you get them two things working in, in our favour, I think we can go and win something big. Uh, I don't want to be greedy, so I'm gonna. I, I think we can win the Europa League, and I think that we'll win the League Cup, and I do think that it will emulate what he's done at Manchester United. Jose, um, I, I'm not sure, just because Liverpool and City have had a couple of bad results, they are utter quality teams, um, and you know I'm not sure that I think maybe the Premier League's too far. But can we challenge? Should we be challenging? A hundred percent. We should do it and start believing, man, because we, we've got to go and do it. It's ne- now's the time. We've got everything in place. Yeah. Now is the time to go and get it done. The process is happening. The pain is happening. All these times, even Dimitar Berbatov said it earlier, you know, he's got that feeling that now is the time that we're going to start maybe collating some trophies. The trophies are coming, Chris, aren't they? Only fair to end it with Chris Cowling because he's been the man that has been, my God, ramming it down our throats. If it isn't on Amazon, it's to us in person. It's over the phone. It's on WhatsApp. It's on every How many days is it, Chris? It's on every social media device you can find it. Chris, the trophies, you heard Berbatov there. You even asked him the question, are they coming? Do you generally believe, Chris, they're coming? Do you feel it this season? They have to come. And I'll tell you what, the other day, I was the first person to retweet uh, Jason's poll because when Jason McGovern is talking about trophies, tweeting about trophies... <laughs> You know the Jose Mourinho. Because we, we bang on about them every week. We bang on about them in the WhatsApp group, as you say. But when Jason is talking about trophies, then Jose Mourinho is obviously doing something right. He's been backed in this transfer window by Daniel Levy. We've got a very, very good squad. We're all feeling super excited. And honestly, you know, all joking aside, when you think of the years without trophies, you know, at the end of this season, it will be the 60th anniversary since we have won a league title. That is absolutely ridiculous. 36 years without a European trophy, 30 without an FA Cup, and 13 years at the end of the season without a League Cup. So Jose Mourinho has to put a trophy in the bank. It's only two Uh, without an Audi Cup, though. Oh, it has to happen. All joking aside, Jace, when, when you think of, uh, you know, players like Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris, I've said this on, you know, various shows before. When you think of all these players, particularly someone like Harry Kane, we have to win trophies, you know, for, for their sake, to keep these yeah. players. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jose Mourinho hasn't come in at Tottenham, um, you know, just to finish in top four. He's come to to win the big prizes. Yeah. It does feel different, don't it, guys? It and does. It, 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 and viewers tonight, of course. Viewers, Will a BAFTA yeah. count? Will a BAFTA for the, for the Amazon documentary count as a trophy? <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it as an interim. We'll take anything at the moment. You know, we're not, we'll we're not take too a as an interim before the, before the uh, Cowboy Cup final. Right. I want everyone to unmute, guys. Unmute, unmute. I think it's only right that we all close the show together. So should we just do one final come on you Spurs as a big group? I think it's only right for the last one on Spurs. Happy birthday from us all. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've had the wonderful Chris Callan, Jason McGovern back from retirement, Lee McQueen, Jamie Brown, John from Lily White Rose on the show. From all of us, come on, guys. Come on, you <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.